0: and welcome to All Things Cozy, a bi-weekly podcast about all things cozy. It's in the title. Everything cozy will be discussed on this podcast. I'm Matt Pivovarczyk, cozy mystery enthusiast.
1: And I'm Jillian Walters, a writer and a Keith Morrison enthusiast.
0: So you may be wondering why a cozy podcast? Well, first of all, you're listening to this, so you're somewhat interested and intrigued by this concept. But why this? Why now? And I think the answer is pretty self-evident. We live in tumultuous times. Things are terrible mm-hmm. right now. And I think we all need to step back and feel a little cozy. I agree. Every couple of weeks, you can come join us. Take a break from hashtag resisting.
1: Find your nook.
0: Find your nook. Practice some self-care. Self, you know, yep. Self-care is a form of resistance, some people say.
1: Lighting candles are also a form of resistance. Yeah,
0: exactly. What could be more revolutionary than self-care besides doing something? Every week we will focus on something that is cozy or makes us feel Mm -hmm. cozy, and we'll dive into that. Today's episode is about something very near and dear to my heart, which are cozy mysteries. Which is not
1: near and dear to my heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that. Calm down, (laughs) Julia. Feel cozy. Okay. I had to make cozy mysteries the first thing we talked about. Not only because I love them, I also had to make the series that I loved and sort of was my gateway drug into uh, all cozy mysteries. Um, and that's the Lucy Stone mystery series by Leslie Meyer. But before we get into discussing the Leslie Meyer series of cozy mysteries and what cozy mysteries are, you may be wondering that first we're going to do a segment we're calling cozy locations. In which we discuss places in the world that make us feel cozy.
1: And There are so many.
0: There are so there are so many. Thank God. Yes. We have we planned this podcast, but not not completely. <laughs> and and that was an effort to stay cozy. So we're still figuring out which ambient sounds we're going to make. Um,
1: it's a heated discussion for each
0: segments. And if you're listening to this, um, and you're not my mom or Jillian's mom, you know, let us know uh, if you have any suggestions for better sounds for segments. But we're gonna do some experimentation for our first episode uh and so we thought maybe cozy locations could sound like a crackling fire so let's hear that yeah that's pretty cozy
1: yeah very cozy i feel cozy already
0: i mean i'm getting a lot of like it almost sounds like a radiator or like a
1: i don't know it reminds me of fall i love any sound of a crackling fire
0: did you light your leaves on fire in the fall
1: no we didn't
0: <laughs> so what did you set on fire <laughs> in Long the fall? island
1: it's very uh contained so there just
0: the fireplace Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the crackling fire, I guess, is meant to signify something you might hear in a cozy location. Or right, I'll stop this now. So Jillian, uh, what is a cozy location for you this I'm, week?
1: I think Long Island diners. They're just exceptionally cozy to me. For most, they probably might think of it as a garbage dump which it it is as well Um, but there's one particular diner that I really find cozy which is called the candlelight diner so the name is inherently cozy and the menu had all these ridiculous fonts and the waitresses were typical long island Older ladies, which at the time I found repugnant, but now I, <laughs> I, I long for. Um, and just the greasy food. I don't know what's more cozy than comfort food. So, nothing. Yeah. Yes. Greasy hash browns, uh, the leather booze that would stick to your skin, you know, uh, go there with my friends. And now when I go back, I make it my first stop. Have to go to a diner and get a big cup of coffee and be greeted by a woman with bleach blonde hair and.
0: Do they know you? Are you a regular?
1: No, I'm not a regular. I mean, there's about a billion. Well, you live diners. across the country. so yeah, like, yeah, a, bi- a, a billion, billion <laughs> a hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Skype with them every so often. <laughs> um, but yeah, I go da- back to a different diner each time. But it has the same. Each diner has the same quality. Mm-hmm. I find just those diner moms so cozy. Diner moms? Yeah. There's just well a lot I, of are they like the
0: waitresses or are well, there actual are there is there a group of people called diner moms?
1: Well, uh, that'd be a good new show. <laughs> I'll pitch it to Andy Cohen. Um I feel like there's the diner moms who are the waitresses and then there's the diner moms who go there and they have they gossip with, you know, their other mom friend. Well, I guess that'd be your friend would be their mom friend. And they just you know, I guess, talk, S-H-I-T, uh, with each other. And, um, you know, there's a, those diner moms.
0: Gossip is very cozy.
1: It is very cozy. So it's just if people can congregate, I guess, and hang out. It's different than other diners, I think, in America, Long Island diners. They're a little bit more hardened. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I'm looking forward to visiting. Yes. Uh, so the Candlelight Diner. The Candlelight is, is Diner. Is Jillian's cozy location?
1: Yes, 50 pages in the menu. Jesus. You can probably get as much as you want. Yeah,
0: Wonderful. For me, my cozy location this week is... Okay, this is a little noncommittal, but I'm going to choose Portland, Oregon. The entire city is cozy. Period. It's
1: very cozy. It's
0: incredibly cozy. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. My boyfriend and I tend to go a lot. Whenever we can squeeze it in, mm-hmm. we'll fly up to Portland and honestly just eat and drink and go to Powell's bookstore. The whole city just the whole city is like full of people with master's degrees and everyone's extremely both everyone's extremely artistic.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone's
0: very Relaxed, yeah,
1: laid back. It's
0: laid back, and honestly, the smell of Portland is my favorite thing. Just all the pine trees mm-hmm. and it just—it's just the redwoods. It's beautiful up there. I'm just always surprised when I go up there just how wonderful the food is. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't know I don't think Portland gets its due for food. But yeah. I, I did not have a bad meal in Portland There's last time. There's a lot I was of there.
1: great restaurants. I don't know why it's more not more of a foodie city.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess like they have. They're donuts like Blue Star and Voodoo. Mm-hmm. That's all a little bit. Like at this point, there's a Voodoo donuts and yeah, the everywhere. Universal City Walk. So yeah. come on, basically Portland needs to just disown Voodoo, <laughs> yeah. give it to L.A. and then make something cozier. I than prefer
1: that. Blue Star anyway.
0: Me too. So you've you've heard it here first. Blue yeah. Star is a cozier donut. All right. So let's dive into discussing what we're here to discuss, which are cozy mysteries. I'm
1: very excited.
0: And. So okay, some listeners might not be aware what a cozy mystery is, and I'm I I often when people ask me like what do I enjoy what are my hobbies, and I, I, if I'm feeling very comfortable and vulnerable, I'll I'll share that I enjoy cozy mysteries. Mm -hmm. It's not something I tell everybody. Well, now I am, but it's typically not something I tell everybody because a people really don't know what it is, and b. It's kind of a genre that's not taken seriously, yeah. and so'm I'm, I'm always worried when I bring it up that people are going to judge me. but I, the older I get, the less I care about what people think about me or cozy mysteries. So it makes
1: you cozy, too.
0: exactly. The thing cozier than self-confidence. <laughs> yeah. Everything's cozy. So what is a cozy mystery? So a cozy mystery typically involves an amateur sleuth. She's solving a, like a murder. Um, And if you've seen Murder, She Wrote, you've seen A Cozy Mystery TV show. Yeah. She's solving a crime. She's usually working not really with police, kind of against them. They don't take her seriously, which allows her to get important clues because no one's really paying attention to her. Cozy Mystery series typically take place in a picturesque town like Cabot Cove or Tinker's Cove or any kind of cove or a resort type of like beachy feel. There's no gore in A Cozy Mystery. Uh, the murders happen offstage. stage. We don't see blood. It's minimal, um, and the mystery is always solved. Like it's, it wouldn't be cozy if the murderer got away with <laughs> it.
1: No, it wouldn't be cozy.
0: So the murder is always solved in a cozy mystery. And then I think my favorite part of the genre is that aside from the mystery and that kind of puzzle you have to fit together, and and sometimes they cheat, but we'll get to that in a minute, is the domestic or romantic side plot that the sleuths have. So if it's a younger sleuth, typically she has a romantic subplot, so she's trying to figure out, like, who, you know, no one will love me, you know, who will I, I date. And in, in older sleuths, they're typically, it's a domestic thing. If they have children, they're taking care of those children. And, you know, how can I make... All these cupcakes for, you know, the bake sale and Salda's murder. I mean, Picking it's hu- up the kids. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a huge undertaking. The Cozy Mystery series that we're going to talk about today is the one that, that introduced me to the genre. My Cozy Mystery moment happened when I was at a Borders. No, not Borders. This was not that long ago. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it was a Barnes & Noble. I was at Barnes and & Noble and I saw Trick or Treat Murder. It was around Halloween. And I'm extremely festive. And into Halloween. Yes. And I saw that and I was like, I need to read that book. Because it had a jack-o'-lantern on the cover. And Trick or Treat Murders is an amazing title.
1: And the rest is history.
0: And the rest is history. I fell in love with Leslie Myers, Lucy Stone. Lucy Stone is the protagonist of her murder series. So just some information about uh, the Lucy Stone series. Lucy Stone is, she's a homemaker who lives in Tinker's Cove, Maine. She has four children and a husband named Bill, who's a restoration carpenter. And very cozy. Very, extremely cozy. They all they moved they moved to like have these quieter lives. She works part time at uh, the Penny Saver, a local newspaper. She's a reporter, and that kind of is what gets her into a lot of the the, uh, the murder mysteries. A lot of the subplots are about, you know, not only is she solving the murders in town, but also you know she's taking care of her four children, and they grow up throughout the series, and so they start as babies, and then they grow into adults.
1: Yeah, it's hard to keep track of them.
0: It is. Well, Jillian kind of jumped into the <laughs> oh, middle yes. of the series with Wedding Day Murder. And, and to be honest, I, Trick or Treat Murder is the third in the series, I think. And so I, I started kind of midway through and I've kind of, you know, patchworked my way through all of the, the books. I have, and there's still some I haven't read because I'm saving them. I don't want to, I, I, I feel sad once I finally read them all.
1: Well, I'm sure uh, the author, Leslie Meyer, is turning them out as we speak.
0: (laughs) There is a new one coming out uh, this year. I think it's called Turkey Trot Murder, 2017. You've heard it here first. So there are about 25 books in the series. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jillian read Wedding Day Murder, and I read for the first time English Tea Murder. I think you can already sense how I feel about these series, but I'm dying to know how Jillian felt. So Jillian, can you tell us what happened in Wedding Day Murder and, and what were your thoughts?
1: Sure. So, personally, let me say I never thought that your cozy mystery, uh, secret life, if you will, was embarrassing. I actually found it exceptionally cozy, and you definitely are <laughs> my coziest friend. And I, you know, as a writer, I it goes out saying I love to read books, and I don't look down upon any genre, and this is no exception. Um, I was hooked throughout the book it really was easy to finish not just because it was it's a short read but uh, it, it definitely kept me interested it was my first foray into the genre and there I have a lot of thoughts um so Wedding Day Murder focuses on the murder of one of Lucy's close friend's fiance. So Lucy has a best friend named Sue and all the characters in the book have very cozy mom names like Phyllis, Sue, Thelma, Pam, Yeah, just, you know, very safe names. You have no wild, uh, monikers going on in the story. So Sue's daughter, Sidra is getting married to a supposed billionaire named Ron and Ron has a very overbearing mother named Thelma. And I will say that Lucy has some hang-ups about New York and, <laughs> and rich people. This is a working class tale. Um, what's kind of fun about the cozy mystery genre is that it, it really, there are no shades of gray. It's a very black and white <laughs> thing. There's villains and then there's the heroes. And the heroes in this tale are the lobstermen and fishermen of Tinker Cove and anyone who is not from New York and who doesn't make over 30000 I guess. Everyone else is a villain. Um, As they should be. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Lucy is very turned off by Ron and his fancy New York ways and all his supposed money. And uh, over the course of the book... It actually took a really long time to get to the murder. I was wondering when the murder was going to occur. Uh, and it finally occurred maybe three-fourths in. And like you said, the murder occurs off stage, So we learn that Ron, during their wedding shower, fell off the boat or someone hit him over the head or shot him. That's quite unclear (laughs) and they just saw him floating in the water and then lucy goes on the hunt to find out what happened to ron
0: lucy's always the first person to find the body also
1: and she's also exceptionally nosy
0: yes well it's required for yes well yes i
1: guess it'd be a sleuth that'd be nosy but what i was just taken aback by i was couldn't really wholly enjoy the coziness of the book so so perturbed by lucy (laughs) (laughs) what about her Oh geez, where do I start? Well, she is like you said. We talked about it a little bit prior to this that she's she is very cranky and she has a sense of entitlement. So she'll show up late to the penny saver, and her boss Ted will be like, "Lucy, where were you?" And Lucy will snap at him, be like, "Buzz off, Ted," or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? well, you know what, Lucy. You should be thankful you have this job that Penny savers. Write your obits, because that's usually her task, writing the (laughs) obits, which she's always screwing up. And then when Ted says, you know, you wrote the wrong dead person's name, she bites his head off again. It's just like a constant griping at people, um, harassing the town police. I love Lucy so much. Um, Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed all the... Little side stories of, oh, it's so frustrating dropping off one of her kids at her job at the inn. Oh, it's so frustrating dropping off Toby, her son, at the dock on time. Like, all these little side notes. And then also her marriage with Bill and keeping that afloat. And Bill doesn't like that she's working at the penny saver.
0: No, let's talk about Bill for a second. Because (laughs) I loathe Bill. And I really... I felt... Early on, that she should have divorced Bill. Because was there
1: a side story that they're going to divorce at one
0: point? No, but they've oh. had their they've had their problems. Okay. There was one book where she nearly has an affair with oh. a. She goes back to school, um, and she's taking like I think she I think it was like a Victorian literature class, and she's you know the professor is flirting with her, and they almost have a fling, but of course Lucy yes the quintessential you know, mom and wife pulls back. Yeah. But, throughout that entire ordeal, Bill is the worst. He doesn't want her to go to classes. Yeah. He's constantly complaining about the fact that she doesn't have dinner on the table on time. Oh, God. Well,
1: then I'm in for, when I go read more of these books, I guess I'm in for more Bill complaining about dinner because in this book, he was complaining nonstop about dinner. (laughs) It, It opens, actually, with that scene. She's making clam chowder and she's gonna freeze it for summer meals or whatever. And then, She's you know, saying, oh, isn't it nice we're all sitting down for family dinner? And Bill goes, well, doesn't happen much around here. And I was like, oh, God, we're in for something with Bill. Yeah,
0: yeah it's cranky. I've learned to love all of her children and Lucy in her own way. But Bill, I've never warmed up to. And I kind of feel like it's time for him to be the subject of the murder.
1: That would be really interesting. And
0: Lucy needs to just go off on her own.
1: Yeah, that, That's agree. a
0: fantasy, but, you know. That wouldn't be... I think that, you know, some readers might feel betrayed by that. It's not very cozy if someone's husband dies. <laughs> yeah. It's a little real.
1: Yeah, it's a little real.
0: But uh I don't like Bill either. It's terrible.
1: Yeah, he was, he was an, another factor. Um, But I was very curious about who the murderer was the whole entire time. Spent the evening in my bed reading it, and it was super cozy. They're really breezy. They're very breezy. It's yeah. a super easy read, and I don't think that's to say that that's a testament to the quality of writings. So I think any writing that keeps you interested is good Is good writing. I tried to do some googling on the author. I couldn't find much because I want to see if her life paralleled Lucy's because I was very curious. And I was like, oh, did she get into a fight with her own husband and she's writing Bill as this, you know...
0: I, I often feel that way because yeah. even... There was a moment when I was beginning to read the series, and you're reading a description of Lucy Stone. Mm-hmm. And down to the clothes, it's like the exact same thing that the author's wearing in her author photo on the back cover. Okay. And, yeah. and I, my favorite description of Lucy in the early books is that she has a sensible haircut.
1: Yeah, yeah, she does. She has a very sensible haircut, more <laughs> like a 90s mom haircut. Um, yeah. Also, what I found very cozy and funny was how she portrays teenagers uh so <laughs> yes
0: and, th- and that's a huge part of mine as well
1: <laughs> it's so funny it's it's also there's one scene that's st- stuck out to me she's dropping off her son toby and he jumps out of the van because what other car would she be driving than a van and she said oh have a good day you know at your, your job and he just says yo and hops out of wow. the van like the, i guess she confused <laughs> like, oh, that, that's that's what the kids say when they want to you know, say goodbye to say yo and and just like funny things like that. Or Toby's always sleeping because you know how kids love to sleep late when they're older and all this kind of stuff. So,
0: Well, on the point about the books kind of being black and white. So in English Tea Murder, one of the primary suspects is a dour college student and she's like goth and wears black Mm -hmm. and Like, it just makes all the wrong choices. And so, similarly, like, all the youth are portrayed as extremely shallow. Yes. Or even, like, and even they have a role. Well, it it ends up being intentional. But, like, when... So, I guess I'll I'll just talk about English Tea murder really quick. So, and the one that I read, um, it's a bit of a departure. Because this is when uh, Leslie has Lucy leaving the country. And so, they Mm. go on a vacation to London. The girls... No husbands. It's uh, it's Lucy, her friends Pam, Rachel, and Sue. Bill let her go. Bill let her go. That's He's shocking. holding on the fort. That's okay. like I will. See. You know, that's that's a one in the plus column for Bill. Okay. And so she's going um, on a college tour. So there are some college students there, and there's a professor from a nearby college mm-hmm. um, who is going to lead them through. They're on the plane. He has an allergy attack, and one of the, and the bratty teenager that I'm talking about knocks his inhaler. <laughs> out of his hand.
1: That's not fine.
0: And he dies.
1: Oh my god. And so
0: and okay, the really weird part is they keep his body propped up in the seat in the plane <laughs> the, the entire ride back and Lucy Lucy's thoughts drift away immediately from that body. Like it becomes so normal <laughs> and the whole like and there's a lot more stuff happening on the plane in her mind after the murder. Yeah. Um which doesn't look like murder then, but will obviously is a murder and was mm-hmm. planned. And, uh, yeah, she's like thinking about how hungry she is, what they're, they all become immediately worried about who's going to lead them in London Yeah, and not, <laughs> the dead oh my body. God, he's dead. Like I feel so terrible about, you know, his loved ones, like immediately very practical, like who's going to lead us in London? Like how are we going to get to the hotel? Like what's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre how
1: they just <laughs> cast aside murders, but I guess if you, if she's seen, I guess in her lifetime, at least. What twenty plus murders know, at this yeah. point? It's par for the course.
0: She's very used to dead yeah, bodies. Yeah, she's
1: used to dead bodies.
0: The, well, the teenagers in that scene are so callous that oh, that one in particular that she the one that knocked his inhaler out of his hand. Um, she wouldn't refuses to sit next to the dead body, which I guess fair. Yeah, honestly, uh, yeah, that's and so reasonable. she has to move seats in the plane. Anyway, but the the whole book is them seeing the sites in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it includes a lot of detail about like tourist sites. And that was kind of interesting. I loved, like, it actually brought up some things that I next time I go to London, I'd love to visit yeah. um, that I didn't manage to to see last time I was there. So that's it's really nice for that. It gives you some tips for traveling. The professor is replaced by another professor, and guess what? It's the professor she almost had an affair with. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. I like that she brought back an old character. Yeah. She doesn't do that a lot. So that was really, actually, I, I enjoyed that. A couple of things stuck out to me about this murder. Well, first of all, it's set up in, like, a... Uh, murder on the Orient Express style thing mm-hmm. where a bunch of people are collaborating to murder one person. And that kind of makes the morality a little ambiguous because everyone's involved. And uh, there's a weird choice she makes about only getting one person in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can spoil it, right? Yeah. It. You know what? I
1: mean, I think that's reasonable
0: it, to me. It, it's it's cozies are all not about the destination; they're about the the journey. Oh
1: yes, and she's so, all about the journey.
0: Yeah, so George Temple is the guy who gets killed. It's the an, or, original uh, tour guide, and he's killed by her ex professor. Oh, who she, yeah. Because he wanted his uh, spot for the 10-year position. Well,
1: good thing she didn't have that plane. And
0: he, So he so he, like, basically creates this plan, and then all the people on the trip also hated him because he was basically a Bernie Madoff.
1: Okay. And yes, so, once again, going back to the themes of <laughs> Rich Conman.
0: In his past life before he was a professor, and so he, he ruined their lives financially, and so they all wanted revenge. And Lucy makes the really morally ambiguous choice, which is very odd for this series, of not getting anyone else in trouble, she just pins it on on Quentin Ray, the guy she was having an affair with, yeah. and I guess it's convenient for her because you know that's that's her own indiscretion swept under the rug mm-hmm. as a true. result. Oh, and I should I, I neglected to add that in addition to all of that, she's dealing with the fact that she's emailing back and forth with Elizabeth, her daughter who's in college, and she's she might lose her RA position. Oh, what'd she, she do? I don't even I don't remember, <laughs> but that's like a she's worried half the time about. Then they have to pay for college and oh, yeah. for that. And, and Money's always, a big yeah. thing. Money is
1: yeah. a huge thing.
0: Um, and this is the, I, I love this series and I love the domestic detours. Mm-hmm. And I just, it, it does feel just so safe and cozy. And it's just such a, whenever I actually fall off the wagon for reading, like I stop reading books, these are the series I come back to because it's like you just can knock one out and then I get back into the habit of reading. Um, and I, I adore this series. But one thing that has always, kind of stuck out to me about them is that in most of them, Lucy does not solve the murder.
1: That's exactly what she, I was thinking. The
0: The killers get impatient and they reveal themselves by attacking her or attacking somebody around her. And that's, n- there's no exception in this murder. Same for yours.
1: Yes. There is no sleuthing involved. She basically accuses Sue's husband, Sid, of murdering Rom because Sid allegedly didn't want Sidra, his daughter, to get married to Ron. Then she accuses Sue. Then she accuses uh, Sidra's ex-boyfriend, Geoff. So she just is thinking in her mind and ruminating on who could possibly have murdered uh, Ron. And then she's harassing the policemen, But the actual murderer, and I didn't get to it before, named Wiggins, the harbor master, is the real murderer. And he, yeah, he reveals himself because the cops were closing in on him and he kidnaps Lucy and tries to get away in a speedboat or something like that. But Lucy didn't do anything except for be a pest.
0: (laughs) Basically, her pestering makes the murderer act. You can give her that much credit, I guess. That's true,
1: yeah. They just can't take it anymore and they'd rather be in jail than be pestered by her.
0: yeah. And it, oftentimes it feels like the murderer is introduced and this, this doesn't happen in all of them, but in some of them and in, and it's less of an issue in a, Les, the, a Leslie Meyer series than it is in some of the other cozies I read, but the murderer is introduced like three fourths of the way into the book. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. You're giving yeah. me all these clues that I don't know what to do with because I haven't met the person who did that, like who was responsible for leaving them. Um, so sometimes the puzzle is is stacked up against the reader
1: or you could just assume it by all the people that she has previously accused and mm-hmm. do, you know, d- deduce who's left.
0: That's true. Who was the murderer again in the...
1: Uh, I think his, yeah, his last name was Wiggins. I forgot his first name, but he was the harbor master. That's
0: right. Yes, okay.
1: yeah. There's just so many class politics in, in this uh, cozy mystery that I wasn't expecting, but as you said, the domestic detours were really cozy.
0: D- did this book include, because I know that... In the like the, the lobster harbor men oh, like yes. <laughs> they in that area like it's a huge drug drug trafficking area for the series and so oh. there's one amazing scene in another book where she has like a shootout okay. by the harbor and like yeah. by like the the docks and because like, there's a huge drug deal going down in Tinker's Cove. It's crazy. Uh, I don't understand why they're smuggling drugs through a sleepy main town, but I guess it's the perfect place.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the Tinker's Cove, I love the location. New England always makes you feel really cozy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, I, I think the one thing I absolutely love about the series, m- more than anything else, and I feel like I've said this already a million times for different things, but truly... It's the location, which is incredibly cozy. She's good with that. And she's good with describing the place and and making you feel so warm. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, because everything is a holiday theme for her series, like every book is a holiday except for when Lucy goes on vacation. Um, And I love holidays. That's what drew me into the series. And so you get all of those like associated, like warm feelings, thinking about Mm -hmm. Christmas or Halloween or Thanksgiving and... And it's a, it's a great, it's a great gig she's got going. It was a good choice to do holiday murders because you get a lot of like, the reader brings a lot to the book. Yeah. Um, It helps it out a lot. So any final thoughts on cozy mysteries, this series, will you try, will you read more? Will you try different series? Yes,
1: I really will. I, I, I'm excited to maybe start from the beginning and then see how she changes over time i would also love to get more backstory on her friends and Bill and, and the kids because I jumped right in the middle of it when the kids are a little bit older uh, and just see more, more Lucy. And even though she annoys me, I enjoy being annoyed by her, if that
0: makes sense. <laughs> so. yeah, exactly. The whole time, like I was reading English Team Murder, she kept thinking about how hungry she was <laughs> and she was pretty, like always upset about the way that things were happening. She's like, a narcissist. Yeah, no, She is a narcissist. Nothing was happening the way that she wanted it to happen. Yeah. And very judgmental. So
1: judgmental. It's crazy. Right
0: now I'm reading um, the next travel book, um, Leslie, or sorry, Lucy Stone series. And that's that one is a uh, French pastry murder. Mm. And that's where the gals go to, and their husbands this time, travel to Paris um, to take uh, French cooking lessons and travel the city (laughs) and the whole time just nonstop complaining about the hotel, (laughs) the food, the people like, no, they're having the most miserable time. Even like they stop by and they like look at one of those lock bridges. Yeah. And immediate, like immediately Lucy's kind of like, Oh, that's sweet. We should buy a lock. And Bill, of course, his first thought is, well, it's probably weighing down the bridge a lot. This is not safe. All right, Bill. <laughs> so he's a buzzkill.
1: He is.
0: So if you're listening to this, I strongly recommend, first of all, get a cozy. Yeah. This, this summer, go cozy for your summer reading list. Oh, yeah,
1: there's no perfect time. Then, if yeah. you, If
0: you want to start from the beginning for the Lucy Stone murder mysteries, you want to start at mistletoe murder. Um, which used to be called Mail Order Murder, but they changed the title, I think, to go into the holiday theme. Mm-hmm. Mistletoe Murder is the first in the series, uh, so you can start there. Or honestly, I think they work alone. Like,
1: yeah, standalone. Choose
0: a holiday you like. Yeah, you know? it's it, Fourth of July is coming up. Do that. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. And for that one, that's Star Spangled Murder. For the record, if you want to do the Fourth of July book, okay. So our next segment, we're gonna wind down with a few more segments, and that'll make you feel cozy before we before we leave you. So, our next segment's called "Celebrities That Are Calming Us." We haven't figured out a sound for that. No. Do, do, what was this like? What were we thinking? I was thinking initially they're stars, and so we could go with like a I don't know, like a space sound, but I can't find any space sounds yeah, right like now. Yeah,
1: Twilight. Kind
0: of a twilight a twinkling star, maybe. twinkling stars i have rain right okay. now um uh listener i am looking through an old ambient sound app that i have on my phone that ios has informed me is going to be deleted because they have not updated in too long so let's see let's try uh rain okay that's that's something i can find right now let's this is a storm in the high altas I don't like that storm. <laughs> no. It's too violent. Not these are reason. these are celebrities that calm us, not celebrities that actually, alarm us.
1: I, I do think it could be cozy because in a storm like this, you'd be under the covers, nice and cozy.
0: That's true. I guess I have, I like watching TV when it's terrible outside.
1: Exactly. So I think it is cozy. Let's do let's, let's do like a
0: let's do maybe there's a softer rain. There's rain on the window with thunder.
1: Sounds the same to me.
0: It does sound the same. It sounds the same to me, too. Let's try drainage tube. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. A puddle in the woods. Is someone splashing around in it? This this is nice.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
0: You can hear the rain. It's
1: not a, It's not a storm, per se.
0: And let's talk about celebrities that are calming us. Jillian, which celebrity is calming you this week?
1: I wouldn't say it's I. It's just by week for this particular celebrity. It, this celebrity calms me throughout my life. is an interesting choice, but Steve Martin is exceptionally cozy to me and has been for a very long time. I think it started with Father of the Bride. And the sequel father of the bride part two (laughs) that those movies are super cozy and then i just fell in love with steve martin he's just has been a a mainstay he hasn't really done anything too crazy or wild and if for any steve martin historians if there is something that he's done that's
0: crazy isn't isn't he a wild and crazy guy
1: (laughs) well there has been his foray into being a Saxophone, saxophone is. What I, thought, I
0: thought he played the banjo.
1: Oh okay. Oh maybe it's the. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> they all kind of seem the same to me. It's saxophone, crazy banjo, in- yeah. they're so similar. <laughs> they have some crazy very, very similar sound. And he did just have a kid, I think, and so he's maybe he's,
0: he I just had a kid.
1: Uh, well, maybe not just had a kid, but by I just had a kid, I mean, five like years ago. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has a younger. Oh really? Wife. Yeah, I think that. Oh how cozy. <laughs> I, I think my Steve Martin thing really all boils down to father of the bride and I, I'm hinging my apple cart on that because in, in my mind... Father of the
0: bride is very... Co- I will give you that. It's
1: very cozy. So I'm imagining him maybe as that dad mm-hmm. and I think that's what's happening cause that dad is very cozy. Yeah. And whenever I'm feeling upset or things are going in a crazy direction, I always settle down with father of the bride and have a ball
0: no i definitely see it for me steve martin always kind of reads as i i always feel like he's a little perturbed by what's happening around him Mm -hmm. like he not not in father of the bride that i agree that's a really cozy moment for steve martin um but just like in the world or when i see him on screen i kind of feel like he's annoyed everybody
1: yeah i think judd apatow had this story about when he was little he ran into steve martin and he asked for an autograph and steve said no or something to that effect
0: and to this day he hasn't been in a single judd apatow movie
1: yeah so yeah the
0: watch who you don't give an autograph to
1: but anyway that aside i find him great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um for me and i am coming from the same place this is our first episode so we're bringing our, our heavy hitters to it so i i'm always calmed by um a british comedian an actress. Her name is Dawn French. You mm-hmm. might know her from her partnership with Jennifer Saunders, French and Saunders. It's a, a, com- a comedy duo in the UK. Um, they had a very popular TV show. Um, and Dawn French, or another way you might know Dawn French, is she played the fat lady portrait in the Harry Potter series. Not, the oh. f- not initially, but she was cast in Prisoner of Azkaban. And then moving forward, she was the... And on the Harry Potter ride, she's the the fat lady that talks to you. Very... Always, okay. I'm always calm by Dawn French. Her humor is... It's... It it, it could be a little cutting, but typically it's gentle. And I'm getting that mostly from the fact that... And really my, my, uh, my grand introduction, aside from French and Saunders, uh, to her comedy was The Vicar of Dibley, which I caught on PBS when I was younger. Mm. And it's just a really wonderful comedy um set in a uh, picturesque this is this is this is a trend for me it's a beautiful picturesque um english town and a female vicar comes and this is in the 90s when that mm-hmm. was like unheard of and um the the village people are very like shocked that they have a female vicar and, but she, you know, they warm up to her and she's always, you know, it's, she's a bit like a Kathy cartoon in it. Kathy she's
1: a, cartoon. Yeah.
0: She's always going on about chocolate and she always wants to have a boyfriend. Very, okay. there's a lot of, there are a lot of parallels between the Vicar of Dibley and Kathy. Um, but I just, it, it's a limited series. I believe it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. It's called the Vicar of Dibley. It, really short. So you would check it out. You're not going to be watching it that long. It's really cozy, sweet, um. Dawn French is I absolutely love her. She is she is basically um balm for the soul. She just soothes oh, that's everything.
1: That's a nice way of saying it. She, I I had never heard of her prior to you mentioning her. I when you said Dawn French to me earlier, I imagined as Deal. When I thought it was a man, a man named Dawn French. Dawn French.
0: No. <laughs> well
1: now I know. So I can look her up and feel cozy.
0: Yes. Definitely check out uh, her work. Um and yeah so that, that kind of concludes our episode for today so we're gonna end every episode, this is our plan right now with reviewing the candle that we've been smelling because honestly, is there really anything cozier than a candle review? nothing Nothing. so um, we've been burning a Chesapeake Bay uh, candle uh, from the Home Scents series uh, the scent is teakwood and this was purchased at Target. A Little mm-hmm. background. Um, it's kind of nearing the end of its life.
1: Yeah, I was noticing that, but yeah. it's it's been good. It's yeah. almost last leg, but doing its job.
0: It's kind of it's kind of light. Have you been getting like how was the throw? So to okay, so maybe some of you aren't as hardcore candle reviewers as we are. The throw. Um, so there are a couple of, of you know things that you're looking at when you are reviewing a candle, right? And obviously the scent is a huge part of it, but the scent can be evaluated by its throw, which is how much, like how far away you can smell it from where oh. it's burning. Um, we're pretty close to it, so we really can't evaluate throw that much.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling so educated now. I know the the candle terms.
0: Throw. And I think I don't know. It's it's kind of it's a nice scent. It's, it's woody. A
1: little yeah, a little spice to it, which mm-hmm. is nice. I like it.
0: Yeah. Would you recommend it?
1: I would recommend it. I think good. Would have been better if there was more of the candle. Okay, you know,
0: we're just starting out. I didn't buy some fresh candles for the podcast. Uh, I'm using one that I've been in the process of burning. Uh, We'll have a nice new candle for Jillian (laughs) next week uh, so she doesn't comment about how little is left. I guess I'm gonna have to burn a fresh candle.
1: (laughs) No, I really enjoy it. It has really, for being in a a nook, uh, it's. Really fills it up nicely, yeah, and it's had a nice calming effect during the conversation.
0: Absolutely, it's it's a masculine smell. I feel like it isn't. It's it's not like that kind of the candles. I really hate are floral scents.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like, too too cloying.
1: Or I don't like those uh, cheap laundry scents. Oh, oh god, I like hate that too. But it yeah, like it's going to knock you out from whatever. Yeah, it's
0: like it's like a cleaning solution. Yeah, exactly. It's really who not knows what's good. in that.
1: But this is really really nice. It, I like with a nice glass of red.
0: All right, so, you know, highly recommended. Uh, give that one two wicks. Oh, two wicks that's up. Cute. that's That's um, so cozy. The Chesapeake Bay Candle Home Scents Teakwood.
1: Yes. Go, Teakwood. Go to your local Target.
0: Run, don't walk <laughs> to your local Target. I I I'm, I bought this so long ago. It's probably not even there anymore. I'm sorry. We can't, but we can't find it. Just find another Teakwood candle. All right. Yeah, well, off. that is it for us this week. We, we hope you felt cozy yeah we'll be back in your earbuds with a new cozy topic and some new cozy locations and celebrities and candles
1: all things cozy <laughs>
0: all things cozy and you know always feel free to write to us and and share things that are making you cozy um we'd love to hear from you um mm-hmm. also uh you can follow us on twitter oh yeah i'm at pivo Varcek. That's P E E V O V A R C H E C K.
1: You probably won't want to follow me because I asked for a tweet.
0: <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> but, Jillian, what
0: is your, what is your <laughs> handle in case people do fall in love with you and want to follow you?
1: Oh, it's my first name, Jillian with a G. G I L L I A N W L T R S is my handle. You know, I don't even know my handle. I'll have to check back. Oh, I can look, I can look now. We'll, we'll it put it on,
0: <laughs> we'll put it on Instagram or okay, Facebook or something. But yes,
1: yes. Um, and then I will be, I have a social media that's coming your way.
0: Yes, we're going to have an Instagram account and a yes. Facebook page. And so please like and comment, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, it, you will make this the the cozy podcast it needs to be. We'd like love to hear from you. And also, in that vein, please uh, review us and rate us on iTunes, because mm-hmm. that's really helpful for... Um, getting the word out and we'd love to hear your feedback um, so we can make the show better
1: and share your nooks
0: and share your nooks and let us know what's making you cozy yes and we, we might read your letter on the, uh, on the oh, air oh
1: that'd be so cozy yeah it's
0: in cozy mail so um, take care everyone stay cozy stay cozy bye